I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. Girl, I don't. Some bad hat hair. It's a good show. Not a doctor. Bye, have a beautiful from your life. Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Cleary. And today we'll be discussing Bojack Horseman Season 6, Part 1. Mm-hmm. Damask Cleary, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm... Really well. Oh, that's good. I've had good. a very relaxing day. That's nice. Um, I know it's coming out quite a bit later, but I just wanted to say, happy birthday, Carrie Fisher. Hey, happy Miss birthday, you. Carrie Fisher. Um, Thanks for the trailer present, Carrie Fisher. That was very nice of you. Oh, that's true. Um, but I just miss you as a person. Yeah. Anyway, how are you, Brod? Yeah, good. 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 Also missing Carrie Fisher today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but as I said, happy for the uh, final Star Wars trailer. I, I can be- finally stop going to the movies to see Star Wars. <laughs> Nearly there. We've got our tickets. Yay! That's Yay. exciting. And we've got The Mandalorian to watch before then as well. Anyway, Great. Um, the, you don't sound excited at all by that. No, I'm not really. Oh, really? Oh, okay. No, not uh, yet. Not yet. How did you feel? We've just watched the Star Wars trailer. We just watched it for the first time. This is Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. What do you think? But, but I don't know. You don't know? Uh, lots of like close-ups and pew-pew. They're being deliberately trying to keep things. Yeah, so I don't know. We, how have, to, we I don't know, know nothing about, about the story. We know nothing about what the characters are going through. It's just mm-hmm. a general mood they're creating. Yeah. But it's quite a mood. Which they've done. They've been doing that for the last three movies mm-hmm. now. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm in a weird place. I really, I liked uh, mm. the last film. And yet these trailers have done very little for me. And I think it's because I'm worried that J.J. Abrams is having to finish a story. And he's what not... What do you mean? Well, he's not... Let's say he's not known for being great at endings. Oh, I see. Yeah, of course. Um, mm-hmm. As much as I love The Force Awakens, mm. um, and I think that gives me a, lot of, a bit of confidence about this third one, or this his third film, this ninth Star Wars movie, mm. I'm a little bit worried about what he can do, not just to finish his trilogy or this recent trilogy, but the entire saga was of nine Was The Force movies. Awakens the last one? No, the, for- no the, the Last Jedi was the last one. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't remember these names. You've only watched The Last Jedi once, haven't you? Yeah, I didn't like it. Just no, no, I watched time. it twice, that's right, because I was like, oh, maybe I was wrong. You still didn't like I, it? I still didn't like it. Fair yeah. enough, fair enough. All right, that's I enough. I saw what they were trying to do. I just don't think they did it well. Anyway, move on. <laughs> We've had this discussion we have. a million times. We don't need to have it again. Yeah. So let's instead get to our spoiler-free review of BoJack Horseman Season 6, Part 1. Let me clue you in. Season in review. 
BoJack Horseman returns for its sixth and final season. And to stretch things out a little bit longer, it's split into two parts. In part one, BoJack is trying to go clean. Princess Carolyn has her hands full with her new untitled project. Diane is on the road making crush content. Mr. Peanut Butter is a birthday dad with a guilty secret. And Todd is still Todd. The core BoJack cast returns with a whole heap of new additions, including Sam Richardson, Lakeith Stanfield, Paget Brewster, and Weird Al Yankovic among countless, and at the time of recording yet to be added to IMDb, others. Season 6 Part 1 consists of 8 episodes, each coming in at around 26 minutes, and took us approximately 3 hours and 30 minutes to watch. Season 6 Part 2 of Unknown Episode Count will land on Netflix on January 31st, 2020. Damas, before we get into our thoughts on Season 6 Part 1, mm-hmm. just remind the listeners on your general feelings of BoJack Horseman up to this point. I really, really, really like it. I started off a bit rocky, as I think we all did. Um, but I think by season three, well and truly cemented for me that it was a pretty special show. I think one of the best shows on television, one of the best shows I've probably watched in the last decade. I'm a huge, huge fan. Yeah, I'm in a similar boat. I think last time we talked about this a year ago, we sort of had the discussion about whether this was maybe our first real five-star show. Mm. We actually haven't given five stars to a single season of BoJack. I was looking at that. I'm like, geez, these are low scores. Lots but- of fours, lots of 4.5s. I think there's a particular element of the cast that has yeah. kept you from giving any season a five, but it is... A five-star show. A really, really excellent show of mm-hmm. standing quality in terms of its topics, of its character work, of its writing, of its inventiveness. There is so much to celebrate with BoJack. And I'm truly sad that it's coming to an end with season six. Mm-hmm. If you listen to our last off-topic hot topic episode, we discussed how maybe this wasn't even the creator's intent, mm-hmm. but these things happen. Networks are in charge of these things too. And so here we are, one half the way to the end. We are. So with yeah. that in mind, Damask, could you please give us your spoiler-free review of BoJack Horseman Season 6, Part 1. I can, but I'm, I'm going to make you go first. Oh, I really wish you hadn't. Too bad. Mainly because... I feel like I've kind of put my foot in it here. Mm. I think this is... I'm glad we're doing it. I'm glad we're talking about part one of a season. Okay. I think it's a complete waste of time in some aspects, though. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how to review half of this season. We've done this before. Mm. We've reviewed Breaking Bad season, final season, part one, mm-hmm. and part two separately. And we did this with Star Trek Discovery. However, for the first time, I've really felt like the limitations of that. Like, I think it'd be unfair to review this part without reviewing the next part. Then why are we doing it? Why don't you because, message me early today and be like, oh, let's wait. Because A, we need to release content. And we can do another off-topic hot topic. No, what are you we doing? We've got nothing to talk about. And two, I think there is plenty to talk about. But in terms of reviewing it, I think it's a little bit difficult. We were going to watch this straight away anyway. And there's going to yeah. be this big gap. And there is a lot to discuss here, I think. Mm-hmm. But reviewing it as a part... I think is going to be a little bit of a disservice to it. I I'm going to yeah. try my best. Mm. Um, so, first of all, as a season, as a continuation of the story, it goes a great way to progressing these characters and move them towards some sort of ending, which is what they're obviously doing. But it's definitely only half the story. And I think the the most defining part of that story, and uh, probably the most dramatic part of that story, is going to be in part two. And so this feels fulfilling in a lot of ways. It also feels like it's lacking some of the shades of dark and light that the best seasons of BoJack have had. If mm-hmm. you look at this as a season 
of eight episodes. Mm. It's still funny, charming, and relevant, as you would expect from BoJack, but it doesn't yet reach that next level. But this is not a bad season by any stretch of the imagination. It's still better than the first two seasons. It still fits into what the last three or four seasons have been Mm -hmm. for BoJack, definitely. But it is very hard to pin down my thoughts on this because it does feel like if it's a full season, it's a rushed season. And if it's not a full season, then I'm reviewing half a season. So, like, I'm left in this weird spot where Mm. I need to give this a score... Or if I tried to give this a score, it might not be what it really deserves ultimately. Okay. And that is a tough thing to we do. We can talk about that when we talk about part two. That's the yep. that, and that's the well, I, I've sort of got a a tentative score, but I would like to leave it officially unscored at this stage, if that makes sense. That's that's fair. Yep. How yeah. So while it hasn't reached that ne- next level yet, I have no doubt in my mind that's coming. And my anticipation for f- part two of this season and my fear of what might that might bring for our characters is sky high. So your fear is really high. Fear for what the ending might be, not in the oh, sense of like I think this is not going to be a satisfying okay, ending. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's what you're saying. It's yep. that there's stuff coming down the road, <laughs> and so I am looking forward to next season, mm-hmm. and I am very, very fearful for these characters at the same time. Great, and that's kind of where I'm at. I'm a little bit in limbo here. It's mm-hmm. it's it's BoJack. There's no doubt it's BoJack. It's it's an entertaining season. There's a lot to dive into here, as I said. It's kind of just half the story. And mm-hmm. you know what? Whose fault that is? Mine. <laughs> I want to acknowledge that. Yes. So, with that in mind, Damask. I want to acknowledge that as well. Yeah, yes, it is definitely fault. my fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damask, let's give us your review. <laughs> I'm really glad I made you go first. I really good. wish you had. That way, because you couldn't piggyback on my ideas. Yeah, fuck <laughs> up, bro. I see your plans. All right. Um, he's got nothing. Did you all notice that? He's got no. I'm joking. No, I'm I have nothing. She's not wrong. <laughs> all right, here goes my spoiler-free review. Um, so as this show has changed over the seasons, we've had to keep asking ourselves two questions: one, can BoJack get better? And two, are BoJack's actions forgivable? Now, this season or part of a season focuses on the first at the top, but never leaves behind the second. The question that Bojack himself has already answered, is he forgivable? No, he decided that a long time ago. But he's in a different place now and trying to move forward. We all felt that a change is coming since the end of last season, but fearful of Bojack repeating the same mistakes, much like Bojack is fearful himself. We know by this stage that this show isn't going to have a happy ending. Not in the traditional sense. Nor is it going to have a sad one, I think. Not everything can be neatly wrapped up. You can't solve mental illness or addiction with a love declaration or collecting all of the magical crystals. Mental illness and addiction will be with our characters long after the show finishes, so aiming for an ending without them would be disingenuous. Both Bojack the show and character try to find a way to build a life one that acknowledges and makes space for mental illness and addiction, but that's actually focused on carving out room for hope, forgiveness and grace. Part one is a great starting off place for Bojack Horseman's last hurrah. It continues to deal with the failings of the entertainment industry, as well as the narcissists, sociopaths and grossly negligent that seem to run it. We have countless quotable lines, ridiculous puns and moments that use animation to its fullest. Now, to be fair... I've got to acknowledge that it did take me two viewings before I was able to appreciate this part one of the season. Mm. I was so full of anxiety when it started playing. I mean, if this is it, then it needs to be good. Mm -hmm. I have loved this show so much and it's meant the world to me. 
So if it stumbles and falls at the finish line, I'd be pretty cut up. So I went into my first viewing, putting so much pressure on the show and myself to enjoy it. And it zapped all of the love out of me. It was good, but I wasn't sure it was up to standard. Then I watched it again, remembering what the show had given us in the past and how far every character had come. I remembered all the things Bojack had done to his friends and family as well as strangers. And this step in his story felt right. It's not going to be perfect because it can't be. Nothing can be. But so far, it is just that. I think it's right. I think it's the right step. I think you bring up a really interesting point there because I've only watched it through once, Mm. basically. And I definitely felt that... I, I worried that I was feeling maybe the limitations of a rushed ending, that they were either trying to do a mm. lot very quickly or that they've had to drop a few mm. things that I expected them to get to. Mm. There's stuff listening back to our last season review that I'm like, well, they haven't addressed that at all and that's a bit of a disappointment. Or there's certain characters I'm like, I was really hoping we get more from them. We haven't yet. Mm-hmm. And again, I have to remind myself this is only half a season. Maybe that's coming and maybe this will all feel perfectly fine and mm. right. But... The, what this season has revealed to me a little bit is there is a burden of continuity here. Mm. There's one episode in particular that if you haven't been paying close attention and remember things, like remember what Bojack's history, mm. you might be left scratching your head a little bit as to what the episode is doing. It took me half the episode to really get to, oh, I see what we're doing here now. I understand what this is about. I don't know what you're about. talking about. I'm talking about the last episode of the season in particular. Oh, okay. It like takes like- Yes. It, initially, I'm just like, why? what are we doing? Why are <laughs> okay. we here? And by the end yeah. of it, I'm like, okay, this is fascinating mm. and, and quite clever. Yeah. But you are left going, what? is this about mm. and it does rely so heavily yeah. on the history to the point where i think my next mission is to try and even if it's like while i'm doing other things like while i'm playing my mm. switch but have a rewatch of bojack in the background between now and january 31st mm. to get myself back up yeah. to scratch with just where we've been yeah because it's uh, a lot we've been yeah. a long way and i think like yeah that speaks to i think much of this season is really asking that first question of can Bojack get better? Mm-hmm. And then as we progress on, I think we restart to focus on the is Bojack or are his actions forgivable? Mm-hmm. And I think we're kind of like about to tip over into that discussion. And so it, it, I don't rem- think it's much of a discussion anymore, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> remembering his actions yeah. are super Being important. Reminded though. of that, which I think the opening titles. They, helpful they're with. helpful, yeah. but even then, there's a couple of bits I'm like, oh, I'm trying to remember exactly what mm-hmm. happened there. Oh, I'm trying to remember exactly what that moment was, the yeah. significance of that moment. Um, and like we've talked about this at length, obviously, and even then, <laughs> hours I'm still and le- hours. hours and hours. Yeah. And yeah, even still, I'm left kind of going, oh, yeah, just it's, it, it's a show that moves at such a pace and each season can have multiple big threads and storylines for mm. our characters that there's a lot to remember and digest yeah. where someone was, why they were there mm. at that point. We In our last episode, last a year ago, we were getting confused about when certain events took place. Oh, just, I'm, yeah, I'm sure that will happen yeah. again. Uh, have, you, have you scored this season or this half a season? I have, yeah. Mm. But it's one, it's hard because I think our scores are shockingly low for how I feel about the show, but I think it probably... Made sense to me at the time. And sure. Yeah. Because Believe in Pastor Mask. Yes. Um, so I'm going to give it a rate. It's hard. Yeah, it's part one. But I'm going to give it a rating of four. Yep. So I've got season three is number one, followed by season five, then season four, then this season, season mm-hmm. six, part one, and then two, and then one. 
um, I'm exactly the same. Walter, it's an officially unscored from me. Uh, at uh, you know, you gun- like how he just needs to reiterate that to you all. Yes. So you can't come back and look. Oh, you fool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if gun to my head, I'm going to give it a four as well. And so for me, uh, season one, season this is in ascending order. Season one, season two, season four, season three. No, season five, season three. Would be my order, I think. Season five, season three. Season five, I love season five. So, we've got the exact same. I think so, yes. I think we both agree on that. Season Mm -hmm. three really does stand as being... Like, if any of them should be a five, I'm probably erasing some stuff that I don't care as much about. Mm -hmm. There's a reason that I was missing that point five, but in my... In my memory, like if yeah. I think back, season five is season three is the one that I think would be the five star mm-hmm. season. Yeah, I think. But I'm really looking forward to talking spoilers with you. Mm. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to remind everyone that if you enjoy what we do here, we'd really appreciate you sharing the podcast with others who you think might also enjoy listening. We also appreciate your positive reviews on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, whatever podcast platform you prefer. But right now, let's talk spoilers. You're now entering the Spoiler Zone. Spoiler warning. 
On this episode, we'll be discussing everything that happens in Season 6, Part 1 of BoJack Horseman. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of BoJack Horseman up to this point. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You have been warned. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. Just like my review, my notes are pretty all over the place. <laughs> Do you have anything in particular you'd like to start with today, Damask? Anything you want to talk about? Well, I mean, I feel like we have to talk about Sober Bo. Sober Bo. Uh, Mr. Bo, Bo Jack. I've never is- heard him referred to as Bo before. I literally saw like B-E-A-U. Like the spelling of another... <laughs> who the fuck is Sober Bo? Did I miss an episode? No, yes. no. We uh, should talk about um... Bojack post-rehab or rehab and post-rehab. Mm. How do you feel about that? Like this is... It's an interesting place to have Bojack because mm-hmm. Bojack's like, charm, in a way, you might say, has always been his sort of like uh, mean streaks, sort of um, uh, that his sense of humor that comes from sarcasm and sort of like taking digs at people and stuff like that. That sardonic personality he has. And so, he's still got a little bit of that, but he's going through a very serious, very um, straight-laced sort of phase in his life here where he's literally just trying to, you know, detoxify and rehabilitate. Mm. Does that affect our enjoyment of BoJack at all? Does this feel different to you because of that? No, because he still has that kind of dry, sardonic sense of humour. Sure. Um, I never found his more destructive... Mm. Qualities charming, sure, entertaining. Yeah, I sometimes, sure, um, sometimes just really stressful <laughs> to watch. Um, no, I think like much like the many of the other characters in the show, you like him despite. Well, I did. I liked him despite mm-hmm. all of the shit, um, and because you hold out hope for a better version. Um, so then we have to ask, ask ourselves: Well, how do we feel about? perhaps a better version being here now. Um, it's interesting to see the different stages he goes through in rehab and then in recovery, mm-hmm. I think. So obviously we have we start off with him being quite resistant um, in rehab just at the very, very early stages of just the Just the notion of it. Yeah. Just as always, he filters it through this like filter of this is stupid, this is pointless, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a scam, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And then um, he sees the picture of Sarah Lynn, Mm -hmm. things change and he starts to to do the work and that's like, you know, the physical work, the the mental work of, you know, going to therapy and all that kind of stuff. Um, And he kind of gets into his groove in rehab, Mm -hmm. which is nice to see. Um, but I also like that while he's, you know, doing the work and yes, he is sober, he still has those really unhealthy patterns Mm. or he, I guess he, the, he hasn't been modeled what good advice is or what a good way of living is, I suppose. So even when he's, um, trying to help that girl who's escaping rehab, what's her name? Could not tell you off the top of my head. It's like. It's like, mm. I thought it was quite a masculine name. It was Jameson. That's Jameson, it. yeah. <laughs> um, so, even when he's trying- Is it on purpose that it's the like the name of a whiskey? Like, like Jameson is like a, a bourbon or something like that, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's, yeah, just making fun of kind of those okay. like new age trashy names. But I also love when she walked into that house party. She's like, her boyfriend's name is Dathan. That's She's it. like, Dathan, it's Jameson. H. Yeah. <laughs> Which I 
very much enjoyed. Um, yeah, so he's like trying to help her, but doing it in the completely wrong way. Just like consistently being like, oh, here's the terrible option, but you don't want to do that. No, you don't. Because he doesn't know how to, well, one, he doesn't know how to help himself. So there's Mm -hmm. no way that he can help others. So I really enjoyed that aspect of him kind of figuring that shit out because he's never had to do it before. One of the other things that partnered in that episode, and the episode Mm -hmm. was called, uh, I can't remember, one of the questions they asked is when was the first time you drank? It's like, mm. when wasn't the first time I drank, right? Yeah. He makes a joke in like a yeah, rehab circle. <laughs> everyone laughs. Yeah. But then the episode continues to have these flashbacks that go through- And you say, oh, yes. The multiple Good first point. times he drank, quote unquote, mm. which are all extremely revealing, as often yeah. is the case. Which I love so much because so often when you're thinking of you know a story about addiction, we are shown those flashbacks of like, oh, this first- first really critical time that you take that drug yeah. or you pick up a drink and it's like well no it's like you know it's in every aspect of your life yeah you know? yeah it's it's at home you see mum and dad drinking you go to a party and you feel anxious and you want to be accepted so you have a beer you're popular for the first time you're funny something that you base the rest of your personality and your life yeah, around for totally the rest of and life. then you go to work and like you know you hit these moments where you once again feel anxious yeah. and like someone offers you alcohol to, yeah, be that relaxed, funny guy. And you're like, okay, sure. Like, it's just, you know, it's because you don't, you haven't built up those coping mechanisms mm. to deal with those situations that you're like, oh, okay. All right. So it's going to happen time and time again until it becomes a pattern and then a daily pattern. Yeah. yeah. It's the best example of creating a habit or a pattern, as mm-hmm. you said. Um, which is what this all is, right? Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's a compulsion. So, I love and that show. There's becomes- no easy answers. It's not like, oh, there wasn't that one time or this one trauma or whatever it is. It's like, it's so many different tiny little things, which is why it's so hard to even like conceptualize in your own brain when it's about you. You're like, well, I don't, well, this is just me. I am someone who is just anxious. I am someone who is just an alcoholic mm-hmm. or whatever it is. You're like, yeah, where, where, does, where do you start pulling the thread? <laughs> And so, you said there was multiple stages here for Bojack. So, the next stage from memory for me is him sort of not want being told it's time to leave, mm. but not wanting to leave. He's that super insecurity that like I've done all this work, I've come so far, but mm. I can't trust myself. I've never been able to get this far before. I'm destined to fail. Don't let me out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you feel about that stuff? Yeah. I mean, the anxiety is real and I think it's something that he comes up against over and over again is this I am so anxious I'm gonna go out do something and I won't be accepted um for who I am because obviously he everything he did at home was wrong and so he's so full of so much fear that he's going to fuck up he's going to make a mistake that is unforgivable because his mum taught him that you you can never be forgiven for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, like you don't want to make any decisions. In rehab, he doesn't have to make any decisions. Yeah. He's got his routine. He's got his food. People there that like they can't harm him or hurt him and he can't harm them or hurt him or hurt them, sorry, um, until he does, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is confronting. And then he's like, oh, things are going to happen no matter where I am, it's ha- it's the perspective that I look at them with. I Yes, I shouldn't have had the vodka. Absolutely, I shouldn't have had it. But it's not my fault. 
like things happened. You happened, I threw it out the window. It happened to fall on the thing. You happened to drink it. And I feel really bad about that. And I'm sorry it happened. But I'm not going to hate myself. I can remember and acknowledge that the mistakes I make, but you know, it's, it's not my fault and I can, yeah, I've just got to deal with it, find better coping mechanisms. I'm trying to remember the exact quote, but there's a line, there's a conversation he's having with Diane, he goes to visit mm. her in Chicago and he says, Dr. Champ says something to him about, I think, I think one of the lines was, I want you to remember, Bojack, I want you to remember you, what you did to me. Mm-hmm. But also I think there's something in there specifically about like this being his fault, like everything that happens Yeah, to, you hurt people you, you love. You hurt people you love, like yeah. all these people are hurting because of you mm-hmm. and it's all your fault basically. can't remember the exact quote. But him coming to the realisation of hearing that out loud from somebody that's not him or not his mother, his mm. memory essentially of her and just how silly that sounds mm-hmm. that it can't – it's so narcissistic and so like mm. self-involved in a way yeah. and when so ridiculous. earlier this guy was telling him, he's like, you're not that special when he like wanted to stay. Which was such an important point Yeah, though, he's think, like, well. you're not that special that you're the one person that needs to stay here forever. Yeah. Just as he is not that special that everything he touches turns to shit or everyone he's involved with, like their life is destroyed. Like he's not that special. Yeah. And, like, yes, he needs to take responsibility for many things. He can't take responsibility for everything. Yeah. Because it's absurd and he shouldn't have to feel that way. Um, so, once he's finally out, he tries to go home. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting just moment as well for the show. It's been a while since we've been there, obviously, the entire season. Mm. So, he's been back to his apartment. The opening titles were always about, you know, the house and the pies and stuff, the house, stuff like that. It's been such a central focal point. So, to go back there was interesting, but him not to be able to stay there mm. um, was quite enlightening and him sort of having these memories of all the fucked up awful events that have happened around it as well. And so, he chooses instead to just be somewhere else and he starts flying around and visiting friends and catching mm-hmm. up with people again. Yeah. Diane, The apology Holly tour. Hunt, the apology stuff, yeah. tour, basically. <laughs> yeah. um, there w- I think there's a way of looking at that and it feels quite pat in a way. Mm-hmm. Like you can imagine this is the last episode of BoJack Horseman in mm. some respect. That in another show, it might be. That would last. be it, right? A yeah. different version of this show, a not so good version, this would be the last episode. Mm-hmm. He's... Out, he's decided to leave his house, you know, he's selling it, he's going to go off, he's going to become a teacher on the way, he's going to meet all his friends, have one last little moment with mm. them, has this moment with Diane where he says thank you, has this moment where he's catch up with Hollyhock, has his crossover episode with Mr. Yeah. Peanut Butter, which is fucking <laughs> fantastic, by the way. I loved how excited Mr. Peanut Butter was. Mm. And then start his new life somewhere else, mm-hmm. not fixed, but better. Than mm-hmm. he was, and that would be the end of Bojack Horseman. That's not what we get. But no, if it was, I would find that ending super pat and boring mm-hmm. and like a little bit too mm-hmm. beautifully tied up. But for those of us with anxiety, if the real ending is so traumatic, <laughs> we can always rewatch the whole show and, and finish on there. that episode. Yeah, <laughs> there was only seven episodes in the last season. Yeah. That's all there was. That's the anxiety edition. Just pop that in. That's <laughs> anxiety fine. edition. Yeah. Uh, but in context, though, I mean, that that's the cruelty of it. It's like, in context, it feels like a setup for something. That 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 disaster, mm. that tip over the edge. Yes. And that makes it kind of thrilling, uh, frightening. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, yes, it, it's 
frightening, but also it feels so inevitable, you know, like kind of, well, of course, because, yeah, that happy ending clearly isn't what BoJack the show is about. Uh-uh. Um, and so I like the fact, and I think it's also like, you know, in line with like dealing with addiction, that type of thing, you, you get better mm-hmm. and you can make your amends and stuff. But that's not the end of the story. It's not when everyone's yeah. like, oh, you know, we're all friends again. You walk off into the sunset. Um, you say you're immense and then you just have to keep living your life and keep, as, you know, Diana said many times, it's about what we do, right? You just have to continue doing more good stuff than bad stuff. It doesn't just end with an apology and a handshake and yay. Is there any part, because we always knew the rehab was going to be a big part of this season. And, like, the first episode sort of has a bit of a montage that gets through maybe the first six weeks. Turns mm-hmm. out he's been there close to six months, I think, by the time he's yeah. leaving. He keeps re-upping, yeah. Yep. Do we... Is there any sense to you at all that this was a little too quick in terms of how many episodes it took to get here? When you think about we've had five seasons before mm. this of watching Bojack from one point, just seeing him destroy his life bit by bit by bit with addiction and all this sort of other stuff going on. Mm. And then within seven episodes, we're getting the apology tour and he's off living. Does it feel at all like maybe, not saying it definitely was, but maybe this was intended to be one full season and it would have maybe felt a little Mm. more? I even think that it was perhaps meant to be not exactly like the rehab stuff, but I think the emotional journey that we go on or mm. like the path that he is on, the certain realisations that he has. Yes. I think probably multiple season <laughs> realisations. I felt that way as well. Um, but I also understood there are constraints now and that's yeah. fine and I didn't hate the way that they did it. No, not at I all. I thought I was like, well, that's actually if you have to do it in eight episodes to get to there so we can go wherever we need to in the next few episodes, whatever part two has for us. Um, I think they did it masterfully. <laughs> yeah. But I do, I yeah, I genuinely do think it's probably three seasons of, it you know, deep dive therapy realizations, falling back and forth, whatever, to That's get the, to a. In my review, when I was mm. talking about this, was lacking a bit of the light and the shade. It was mm-hmm. probably the shade that was missing a bit more. It did mm-hmm. feel like, like bad things happened along the way, but this show has been really dark at times. Yeah. And it didn't feel like. Again, it didn't feel like Bojack, what Bojack was doing was easy, but it wasn't as hard as I think this show would have made it feel like in previous seasons. Mm. And again, that's a restriction that's been forced on the yeah. show, but it does feel a little different. Yeah, I think like, because we have the realisation now that it is about his ability to forgive himself is like such a vital part of his recovery. Mm-hmm. But learning how to forgive yourself is really hard and learning how not to hate yourself is really hard. And I think, um, yeah, simply stating those realisations mm. is less impactful than it could have been had we really been able to like dive in there. There's bit. one funny bit. He's in the bar with Dr. Champ and they're having a conversation. And he's like, is this what therapy is that moment? And it's yeah. like, that could have been multiple episodes. That whole discussion. That's a season. That's a season That's right a there. Season. That just like, happened. Yeah. Uh, um, which is like the really glaring moment. I was like, oh, okay, clearly you guys got to get there. A very funny way to do it. Totally. Very clever. But I was like, oh, it's a shame that you didn't have the time to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, but just before we move on. Sure. I 
it's like a little motif, I guess, that, and I don't even know if it's really a thing, but I enjoyed it, is as while Bojack is getting better, um, he is going out and really trying to help people and offer advice and stuff. But I like this little motif of him um, tying together sheets I to help people. But it's such a perfect example of how he still doesn't know how to do it because the only way he knows how to help people is to help them run away help from their escape. problems <laughs> and how it always goes wrong. Either the thing collapses or just like wherever they end up is fucked up or whatever. I'm like, that's a perfect example of like how Bojack, well, he's better not there yet. Sure. Definitely not there yet. Not as a friend and not to himself. On, yeah. yeah, on that metaphorical level, it works as just a really funny, just like, I can't believe how many times yeah. I've had to do this this season. And it also totally works into the fact that he used, you know, it's that sitcom hijinks thing. Yes, And yes. obviously he's a sitcom star. Yeah, no, I thought it was clap, clap for that. I like that quite a bit. Well, what did you want to speak about next? Well, I want to talk about, I think we. it's probably easiest to just go through the, the, each character because mm. honestly, there isn't enough room that they, each character gets more than maybe one episode about them and then a smattering of like um, combo episodes, combo episodes yeah. to get them towards the end of this. So, Princess Carolyn's probably a good place to go next. Her, mm-hmm. the second episode is all about her, about her with her new baby, and obviously the question was always going to be how is she going to be as a mother, and how is she going to keep doing it all as they discuss in that episode. Mm-hmm. And we get a very clear set of answers there. But a extremely difficult. <laughs> yes. Uh, as one of the mothers puts it at the fashion, uh, or not the fashion shoot, the magazine shoot or whatever, mm. you know, it's like I have multiple apps running at once. Mm-hmm. And that is very much the visualization that we get of oh, these. What a wonderful visualization. Well, and soundscape. Yes. Good Lord. And no. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it is very clever. I also think it's extremely blunt and kind of stops being effective and just starts being an irritation, which maybe is the point. I think that's the point. But for, but at 25 minutes where 20 of that 25 minutes has got this rattle going on and like stuff in the background, totally get if that's the point. Doesn't necessarily make for the most enjoyable episode of television though. No, but I think it like, totally, I think it's very reminiscent and very accurate of like severe sleep deprivation. Sure, I was yeah. like, yeah, okay. All right. Whereas I think, I feel like I would be more annoyed if I saw... Princess Carolyn continually like failing and making the wrong decisions without that perspective of like how she's actually going through the world. I found it really helpful to be like, okay, you know, I've been there and I, I, yeah, I understand what's happening. happening Totally understand that level. And I think it, it, it conveys the message fine. There's a question to me that's like, is there a way to do this that isn't so consistent and constant? And maybe there isn't. Maybe that would be watering it down. But I just have to ask the question. But overall, I think it's a very, very good episode of Princess Caroline Mm. and says a lot about, obviously, this idea of women doing it all, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) the the moving goalposts for what that means. Like, when they start questioning her about birthday dad, I was like, oh, that sounds very male-centric. Well, what is it? It's like now, like, doing it all means, like, doing it all for other women. For for other other women women as well. (laughs) Like, fucking hell. Right. Also, oh, me and my entire gender, I now have to carry on my back. Cool, cool. Okay, good a- to know. Absolutely. And then amongst all of that as well, mm. and again, this is where it felt like this could be multiple episodes, you've got the just trying to do it all, and then there's the question of, do I love my baby enough? Mm. And it's like, God, that's it's so much fitting into it's this a episode lot. Yeah, all I think once. Yeah, that's the amazing thing about this episode. It's like, so you have doing it all, which equates to like having so much to do that you end up doing nothing really uh-huh. and then 
yeah, at the end we have this question of like, you know, I love my baby. I definitely love my baby, but I don't know if I'm meant to be feeling what I'm meant to be feeling. Um, and yeah, Vanessa Gecko has some great advice. She's like, well, this is your job and you just have to do it the best you can, just as you would do like, you know, with your clients or whatever. Like, yeah, you don't love everything, but you just do it mm-hmm. and you do it as best you can. And she does. And like, it's, I think, because Princess Carolyn always has such high expectations of herself. Yes. Always. And she's so ambitious and she has to be the best of the best of the best. And has to do it all. And it doesn't work. And no. she's like con- like consistently throughout her life proven to herself that it, it doesn't work and she does fall short. And this is just another example of that. Um, but I think like having an opportunity to share that with a- another little person. So there's moments where she yeah might not be kicking goals, but she can have like a giggle with Ruthie. So there is that element of balance that she hasn't had maybe perhaps in her career when she's been failing and also alone. Well, the ultimate resolution that comes is by the end of the season, after continuing to be like the make questionable decisions from a career perspective, mm. um, she is one of the people in charge of negotiating the assistant strike. Yeah. <laughs> but she comes to realization by the end of that that. You know, she was there once. It was only because people gave her a foot up that she mm-hmm. was able to get, you know, mm. continue to be where she is. She gets Jonah to help negotiate the assistant side of things and then ultimately gets him to become chief operating officer or something like yeah. that of her company, which is a great realization. One of the things she just outright says ultimately in a conversation is, um, I just keep having to do all the minutia. And someone's like, well, get someone else to do the shit you don't yeah, like it's doing. Yeah, a conversation she has with Bojack when yeah. he comes over and he's like, oh, why are you doing all this stupid shit? You're yeah. like, you're in charge. And he's like, you need you need a Princess Carolyn. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you, you need someone to do all of that shit because, yeah, you're the boss. So, and yeah, she she finds a nice little, yeah, balance there thanks to Jonah helping out and being so competent. Yes. And it's, again, though, it felt a little bit like, I feel like we could have explored all of this a little bit more over a longer season. Mm. I think back to last season and her like... Oh, her as a parent would take much longer than that. Right? It was like... Yeah. It felt like one episode. It felt... It was a great episode, mm-hmm. but it really felt like that yeah. would have previously been We had been like smatterings of it, but arc. that was the real bam, bam one. And then yep. she makes the, a very smart decision of getting Todd to be the nanny. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of stopped being as big a problem as I thought her becoming a mother was going to be ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. I think it would have been a huge chunk of another season had they been given a few more. Yep. Mr. Peanut Butter, similar thing. I'm I'm far more disappointed in that situation. Go on. Why is that? So, you know, pretty devastating for Mr. Peanut Butter that he had betrayed Pickles. Totally. Um, And it's a really complicated situation. And also like... I mean, I guess Pickles isn't very emotionally intelligent, so I get that perhaps um, her way of dealing with it always probably wouldn't have been particularly nuanced. Sure. That's fine. Um, but I thought that journey was going to be perhaps an interesting place to put Mr. Peanut Butter because mm-hmm. um, I thought we were maybe kind of – I've always wanted a bit more. Well, this is something we talked about again yeah, last year. Um, so I thought maybe that's what we were going to get. We don't get it. In fact, I think we get the opposite of it. The opposite. He gets dumber, 100%. and he gets less interesting. Um, he, yeah. So the pickles thing. Well, I do love the, 
the hijinks of the recording on the um, social media. Yeah. The party. The party yes. scene is so funny. So good. When they're having these conversations. And I can't remember the guy's name, but let's just call him Chad. Like Chad from the gas station. And <laughs> I hate him. Why are you bringing him up? I don't know. I just hate him. Like it was just, it was very funny. Um yeah, that was a lot of fun. And it's like just a rare occurrence when everyone's in the same space because we right. haven't really had that this season. Um, but yeah, it was very basic and simple. And then what they then go to do with Mr. Peanut Butter, which is to merge him with, what's his name, Jojo or something? I can't remember. Um, the Justin Bieber ripoff is just so unfunny to me. And I don't, I don't think I. Maybe it'll develop into something in part two, but I don't really know what they're doing with it. I mean, I guess like the irony of him being the face of depression, but I'm like, well, is he actually maybe secretly depressed or is that just simply a joke that is the joke? And then, well, what are we doing here? Like, I I think I understand there is a, a joke to be made, I think, about how every time a celebrity is associated with a mental illness or something like that, we celebrate them as being like mm. a beacon or the face of that thing. Yeah. That is, I think, a pertinent thing to comment on. Mm-hmm. Seems to go on for multiple episodes and didn't really end up saying anything about Mr. Peanut Butter that I could gauge at this point. No, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, well, maybe something interesting is going to happen in part two. Maybe. But in this part, I was just like, I, because I love Mr. Peanut Butter. Yeah. And he... Just wasn't very interesting this season, no. like at, this part one at all. I was like, "What are we doing here?" I, yeah, I thought it was a real shame. I was really disappointed with it. It, it. Yeah, we talked about we thought there'd been a great season for Diane in there, a great season for Princess Caroline not too mm. long ago, and it was like, "There's got to be a Mr. Peanut Butter one." There's potential there, and like the idea that maybe he he is suffering some, from some form of depression or mental illness could have been there as well, but it's just. Hasn't been brought to the surface yet. I'm worried we're running out of time. I'm worried we just missed out. And maybe that's so, not yeah. the writer's fault. That's not the creator's fault. That's just where we're at. But it does feel yeah, disappointing not, that yeah, Mr. I Peanut Butter is going to... Yeah. I guess it's hard because they do have such a limited time. I just wish, even though we do have a limited time, the time we did spend was maybe on something a little bit more interesting. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. You just wonder about what suffers when you try and pull things apart, put them back together again, make them fit. Someone's going to give sometimes, you know. Is that an Anne Frankenstein joke? Because that's exactly what the director says. <laughs> that is. He's like, how many times can you rip something apart and put it back together again? That's, oh, you know what? I hadn't actually thought about that in context of like commenting on what the show was doing, but maybe that is a direct comment yeah, no, on I their process. Yeah. Um, that, I did like that solution though. Like the Mr. Peanut Butter, his whole thing was ridiculous. The readouts he wanted to do. It when they put it back together, and so we don't even find out how he died. It's forty-two minutes long now. And they turn that into a pilot for a seat for a television series. Like that's quite yeah. clever. I like that. Uh, Diane mm-hmm. uh, is on the road. She is still making content for Girl Crush, telling pretty interesting and sort of important stories. It seems like mm-hmm. until Girl Crush is bought out by White Whale, some sort of uh, Fox slash Disney sort Amazon. of Amazon yep. ultra conglomerate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, did you love their little video? I love the little so video. Good. All about the, and I was like, "Is this meant to be charming?" What was it? Oligopoly and the and the idea of vertical. His name's Vert. Integration. Yeah, vertical integration. And just that, like, I answered those concepts already, but explaining them and just then applying that to current day and just realizing the insanity <laughs> of this and what this means to like our economy and now world just, at the moment. It's 
It was not, honestly, White Whale is kind of a bit sad. It only really ended up being about for one or two episodes. It's like, this is mm. another whole season thing. Yeah. So was the assistant strike, by the way. Like, that could have been a whole season, another mm, season of Bojack. That's but, true. Sorry, go on. You going to say something? Um, oh, no. I was just something dumb. Just enjoyed the, like, old-timey, the Mr. White Whale, whatever his name sure. is. Um, when Vert and the o- Ollie or whatever appear, yeah. he's like... Get out of here, you ghoulish apparitions, or whatever it is. It <laughs> We're just... not spectres. We're... <laughs> um, Made me laugh. And the overt, obviously, references to Trump Tower, sort of the mm-hmm. the water spout with the big golden tea on white, a very Trump-eskian. Um, and then, ultimately, it's about her deciding to move to Chicago and whether she should or shouldn't to live with Guy mm-hmm. and a big discussion about her aversion to being happy. Mm-hmm. Which is quite fascinating, and then also then that big decision she makes, her reasoning being initially that if I come to Chicago and you're the only good thing in it, it puts too much pressure on you. Mm-hmm. This is a really explore- interesting exploration of Diane and where she's at now. I quite like Diane's story this season in general. Yeah, I think she doesn't want to do anything because it's the easy thing to do, mm-hmm. and I think that's what she sees that relationship with Guy being. She's like, ah. Oh, I'm not where I want to be. So if I'm choosing you, I'm only choosing you because you're the easy option because you make me feel good. Mm-hmm. And then through um, Bojack's letters, which are pretty hilarious, um, he, you know, he, he says like, oh, for so long I was fine just being miserable because that's what I thought life was and just realizing how much time he'd wasted thinking that. Mm-hmm. Um, and her realizing like, yeah, nothing like – not everything has to be perfect for you to accept happiness in your life. Absolutely. You can find something that makes you happy. There's also, you know, perhaps even then a motivation to find happiness in other places in your life as well. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a really interesting way to look at it was the fact that, yeah, because I've certainly related to that. It's like, oh, I'm choosing this relationship because it's easy. Sure. And you have so much guilt around that. Um, cause you know, you should be a strong independent woman or whatever, but then sometimes it's okay to be like, oh, actually, no, you just make me happy. Mm-hmm. And sh- sure. I might be depressed or crew wise or whatever. I'm not where I want to be, but this is a nice little slice of happiness. And why is that not enough of a justification? Is that where you think they ended up with Diane here? Because obviously she goes to Chicago and for all intents and purposes, I like Guy. I think their relationship seems to work mm-hmm. quite well. She gets her book deal through Princess Carolyn, just making that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got six months to write a book. She's got lines and lines of, I am terrible, I am terrible, I am terrible, I am terrible. Mm-hmm. And she is in what I would describe as an unhealthy place based on her lounge room situation. Well, she's depressed. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so that really develops. I'm not saying that Diane wasn't depressed beforehand or could not have been, but mm-hmm. that develops once she moved to Chicago, you know. She's... Yeah, I think because she... Has to because she's finally settled and so she's living with this guy and mm-hmm. she's not out gallivanting. And I think the same thing happened to her when she went off with that ridiculous leopard man or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. like, I'm going to go off and save the world. She came back and was with Bojack and was depressed because she's like, I'm not who I thought I was. And I think Diane has this real issue of seeing the world on fire mm-hmm. and becoming paralyzed. <laughs> she paralyzes herself with having to be perfect, having to like save the world, having to do everything right 
that she just, she can't move. She doesn't know what to do. She like it, you even see it in her book title. It's mm. ridiculous. The book title, all of the things she wants to cover and all the things she wants to solve and say to every single person. She because yeah, and it paralyzes her because she wants to do everything and she wants to be a good person and she wants to change the world. Um but she's stuck and like she's an overthinker. And with overthinking about everything comes depression. So what's the at the very end of the final episode we see with Diane and most of our main characters? Uh, she goes to meet Guy at the airport mm-hmm. and she's obviously gained weight, mm-hmm. which is likely, you know, a part of her depression stuff. Oh, it's I think it's that's a clear indicator that she started taking the antidepressants. Right, okay. Oh, okay. So that she said she didn't want to take them because it she put on weight gotcha. last time. I actually and so that, that was there a sign go. that she was taking them. Gotcha, cool. Okay, and that's I think that's kind of a cool thing. You don't see that very often. Yeah. That a victory can be represented by someone like putting on weight. Yeah. That's a really unique thing to see on television and a mm. pretty cool image ultimately, I yeah. think. Um, and, and even I, yeah. it transfers into the uh, opening of the next episode, mm. by the way, as well. And I think, pretty- you know, it's also really indicative and obviously this is not, you know, the most important thing, but how um, amazing it can be to have like an understanding, supportive but not someone who placates you, like mm-hmm. have that as a partner when you're a depressed person. Yeah. So, you know, he recognizes what she's going through. He sympathizes, but he doesn't put up with her bullshit. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. Well, here are the step. like here are some options for you. It's your choice to choose them, mm-hmm. but don't pretend like you don't have options. And so he continually, continuously does that throughout the season, like things like the jacket or moving or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. um, or like, you know, antidepressants and like being helpful towards her. He's like, here are the options. Like you shouldn't be paralyzed. You have paths ahead of you. Yeah. Um, and because she's given that from Guy and she also has the support of Bojack and stuff, she's able, yeah, to take some steps to help her get better, which I, I, know, I thought it was really lovely. Agreed. Like, mm. Compared to Mr. Peanut Butter, mm. Princess Caroline, Bojack, how do you feel Diane's story was handled this season? I really liked it. Would I? I would have liked more episodes on her depression. Sure. Um, yeah. And her moving through that. Was it the second half of this season that really felt like? Because we got those like first three or four episodes that felt like standalone almost episodes, and then it kind of felt like everything got like squished mm. into that those but last I mean three. maybe but the second half is still my favourite half though by far oh is it yeah I'm going to guess your least favourite episodes in the uh, second half though it is yeah there is the other character we haven't talked about yet of course mm, we don't have to talk about him that's fine we can talk about Todd just for a second mm. <laughs> have your thoughts changed on Todd at all this no. season why would they Todd hasn't changed <laughs> what what did we learn about Todd this season what's new information about Todd um, his mum's shit. Yep. His stepdad was hard on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's happy, and his stepdad should deal with that. And he he fails upwards because he's a white. Because he's a white man. man. <laughs> yep. Yep. Did you get any enjoyment out of? Did you find Todd particularly funny this season at all? His Todd 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 Todds and like all that sort of stuff. Um, I didn't mind the Todd 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 ringtone. Sure. Um. I don't find Todd funny. Okay, yeah. No, never have, never <laughs> will. Sorry. I don't. I just don't find it that... I don't know. I don't find it funny. I don't find the constant yelling funny. I don't find the constantly getting everything wrong and 
you know, halting conversations funny. I, I just don't find any of it funny. Really, truly don't. He has a bit of a win towards the end as well. Um, mm. Bojack seems to be involved in all these sort of like little moments in people's lives. He recognizes this cute girl, bunny mm-hmm. girl at Cinnabunny, mm-hmm. um, is asexual like he is and is looking for exactly what Todd's looking for and puts her onto the app for Todd and theoretically mm-hmm. they're going to meet up at some stage. She's an idiot, but she's still too good for Todd. <laughs> no, she is. I found, I was like, she's she's cool. I was trying to figure out what they were going to do with her. Like, she was interacting with Bojack because yeah. I was like, don't put Bojack together with this. And she had all these little bits. I'm like, what's going on with Why this girl? Why does Maud have so much to talk about? And I got to the end. I was like, oh, okay, I get yeah. it now. And that's kind of the season, really. Like, that is where we're at. It happens, I think. All of this happens quite quickly, but then we have one last episode that starts with character mm. actress Mar- Margot Martindale. Oh, there's my girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we haven't yeah, seen her for a little while. philosophical discussion. About. Solipsism. Essentially, the Solipsism. Do you want to explain solipsism? No, I want you to. I think I didn't even look it up, but it certainly seemed to be a big question just about the idea of, yes, you can better yourself and move on and forgive yourself for your your sins, but what happens to the people that you leave behind? Which is like, it's really just starting the question that's going to be answered theoretically in the second half of this this season. Go on. Oh, no, I just looked up the definition. What is it? It's about knowing that... Only you exist. Okay, right. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. That's what it means. So it's deeply narcissistic in a sense. Just, I guess, isolationist and, yeah, I guess pretty self involved. <laughs> Very self involved. <laughs> yeah. But it it's interesting because, like, yes, she leaves the parish and not around what you call mm-hmm. it at the end monastery? of it. Monastery? Let's go with monastery. Sure. At the end of this, we assume she's going to have some sort of role to play in next season. Who knows to what extent? Um, but it set, certainly sets up the question mm. that should be answered next season. And then we get a very strange episode of BoJack, if you think about it, that has basically none of our main characters in it. Mm-hmm. There's no BoJack. There's no PC. There's no Mr. Peanut Butter, Diane, Todd. Mm-hmm. Instead, we center on some kooky uh, old school reporters. Oh, my God. I love them so much. <laughs> So, like, you don't really get the mamies. <laughs> so, what was her name? Paige? Paige Sinclair. Paige Sinclair. Like, and- every one of her lines, I was just crying with laughter. Like, she's so funny. Just the way she speaks. Just, I mean, just, I don't know, old Hollywood, Catherine Hepburn style yeah. accents. They make me laugh. I don't know what it is. It tickles me pink. It would have been a joy to write. Oh. Like all those lines. And perform. And perform. I just imagined the actress in Which we the, believe is Paget Brewster. We think that's who it is. It hasn't been confirmed because we don't have any access to any information because this is before the embargo. Yeah. Um. But oh, it just fucking made me laugh. It's, and it's also just really camp, that way of speaking. At what point did you sort of get an idea for what this episode was doing? Because that first bit opened. I'm like, who the fuck are these characters? <laughs> and why the fuck are we here? Was running through my head and I was like... Are we like uh, are our main actors playing different characters this this episode? Mm. Is this some sort of just weird like? It I didn't have a little such bit, a like, jarring experience like you it, did. It just and then all of a sudden we're seeing uh, Kelsey, the director. I can't remember her name, and mm-hmm. then Gina from last season. Mm-hmm. And then we're and back Holly. in Hollywood, and then Hollyhock, mm-hmm. um, who's talking about just sort of like 
She's got her worries about like alcohol yeah, and the effect that'll have on her. Yeah, it's very sweet and sad. Which mm. is very, very sweet and sad. She's but such a cutie, anyway. Fun little story there, but mm. all of these stories end up getting to a point where there are, well, maybe not all of them. Two of the stories: the one of the reporters, Paige mm-hmm. Sinclair, Sinclair, and Maximilian Banks. Yes, uh, are basically on the trail of what. Went down a penny. with mm. wealth. At first, it's about Sarah Lynn. Sarah Lynn, yeah. But ultimately, they're right on the doorstep of Penny, mm-hmm. which oof, okay. And then the simultaneously, at least as far as we're seeing it, Hollyhock is about to find out that information as well. Mm-hmm. That is the literal cliffhanger. And then the stuff going back up in Hollywood is sort of to me didn't feel like we're on the verge of finding any new information. But one of the things we found out last season, no, but it's, yeah, go on. It's like it's about <clears throat> the effects of BoJack, I guess, mm. on people. And we were talking oh, last season the what happened with Gina with BoJack choking her, and she her whole thing is like I don't want you to be the most important thing that happened to me. Mm-hmm. She goes along with like covering this up the for the sake of her own career. Mm. And yet it still seems like the effects of that are still affecting her career. Yeah, like, I mean she definitely experienced a trauma mm. and has not dealt with that and is, you know, having what looks to me like PTSD. Absolutely. Um having these heightened reactions um that appear irrational but that's because she hasn't been able to share her experience um with anyone she works with to kind of explain her behavior or justify it um and so it then not only makes her difficult or seemingly difficult to work with it then goes on and like affects future (laughs) possible jobs when you know her current director is talking to kelsey and she's like, oh, can you recommend her? And he's like, mm-hmm. no, I can't because she's difficult. Because she can't talk about her trauma. So, like, yeah, she's being limited by it. I, yeah, I thought that was really sad and interesting and can't wait to see what happens. These there. chickens coming home to roost. I'm expecting the next yeah. season to literally start with, like, a chicken person coming home to roost. That, that'll be the first thing. They'll be like, <laughs> yeah. that'll be a, a, just a really Bojack joke yeah. just to like set up what this mm-hmm. season's going to, think of how the season's going to be. Love it. But this, this episode's really the reason I think we can justify talking about this first half of the season on its own. Mm-hmm. Because while the other parts, we can talk about its flaws, it felt like a sort of a rush season, maybe it's not even over yet. Mm. They deliberately choose to step away from our main characters mm-hmm. to have an episode that is all about like setting up the stakes. There are stakes for the second half of the mm-hmm. season. Yeah, I think like the f- the this part one is really setting up Bojack with all of the resources mm-hmm. that he may need to deal with what is about to happen, right? So he's learning these coping mechanisms, this like way to forgive himself, mm-hmm. um, his way to like, n- yeah, navigate through really fucking tough stuff so that when this hits... He'll be in a better position. Will he make it through? I'm, I'm like emotionally and mentally. I don't know. It's the final trial. Well, that's the thing. It's like so we've get, so now he's like you know he's gone to his like yoga and he's got all his tools and stuff. Yeah. And he's ready. He's ready for like the final battle, whatever it might be. And the battle is not against those women, but against himself, his past self. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's the stage we're at. We're about to hit that final battle, I guess. And yeah, I've. I think I feel like I can see what it's going to be, but 
I don't, <laughs> but I could be totally wrong, and it might just be projecting because that's what I would want. Oh, but I'm fascinated to think what you predict this to be. Like the only element of this that I can really mm. see, just because BoJack for a long time now has not just been relevant; it seems to have been like ahead of the curve mm. in commenting about things. Often, mm. it seems like part of this. This is looking a little bit outside of BoJack, but part of this conversation we're going to have next part two is going to be about like cancel culture, right? Mm. About this idea of what happens when um, when people who maybe have passed this part of their life have improved, when mm. things they did a long time ago comes out information and we choose to like... Wasn't that long ago for Bojack though? Maybe not. <laughs> but he is. But while it might not have been that long ago chronologically, it is a long time ago in terms of where he is as mm. a person now. It reminds me of like the... Not the same to the same degree. But remember when James Gunn was like taken off Guardians mm. 3 because of I, a joke I, he made 10 I years ago? I really hope that's not the uh, like I'm not the saying discussion. It's, I think it's going to be part of it. I think... I think... The way that the public and the media are going to react to this news mm. and what, how people talk about Bojack afterwards mm-hmm. is going to be a part of it. Yeah, I don't think you can yeah avoid totally. It. But I also think like in thinking of what is perhaps about to be discovered about what he's done, yeah. <laughs> the things that he has done are so terrible. Yep. And I think it's not so much – I'm sure like it will speak on cancel culture um, – because I, th- I think it has to. I think the discussion will be like not like what kind of punishments um, should we or should we not be doling out to these people. I think it's really going to be um, perhaps a discussion of the the culture or the women involved don't need to forgive him. Sure. Because sure. I think what he's done on many levels is unforgivable. Totally, totally. Um, and I think it's not about that. It's not about, um, yeah. I don't necessarily mean it's like, I don't even think it's going to be necessarily criticism. Like, it's like, I think the discussion has to be about the uses and the limitations of that reaction that we have. Yeah. Because it can be valid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just think there's a lot, there's a lot there. And I trust this show to do it well. Yeah, no, no, me too. And I think like, yeah, so it's going to be about like what you've done is unforgivable yeah. and you don't deserve or have the right to have access to like that level of power or success mm-hmm, again. Mm-hmm. Um, what the show is about is like what that person needs to do, as we've spoken about before, what that person needs to do to make themselves, their life and the lives of those around them better. Sure. It's it's about the good stuff. So it's like, yeah, so I think it's going to be two things. Yeah. The, the and because Bojack, has, his whole thing has always been about finding acceptance. He, like, has yeah. his anxiety about not being accepted. Yep. The world will just scream no at him. Yep. You are not accepted. Exactly. And he will have to face the fact that it's they, they will never accept me. I, I, It's just me and myself now and I need to learn how to love myself and the people that do, and love the him. people that l- love me, yes, yes, and that's and that's the journey. And I think I think one of the hardest things is going to be, and the and the reason it ends on this is going to be the Hollyhock reaction, yeah, because right? mm-hmm. that's going to be the most heartbreaking one of all. I think it's yeah. like, I mean, Diane's known about all of this stuff. One of the things we talked about last season was the fact that when the tape came out of him talking about what happened with Penny, mm-hmm. um, it it wasn't. Uh, the expectation was it was going to blow up and like mm. become huge, right? Instead, it kind of just turned into this like what happens when Diane 
someone who loves him and like is one of his best friends finds out. Mm. And that was a fantastic. So they use that so well mm-hmm. to the point where I was like, they're never going to actually blow this up anymore. Mm. But now that's what's happening. Yeah. And so you can imagine Diane's going to stick around. PC might stick around. Mr. Peanut Butter. Like they're going to be affected by this too, but they'll stick thick with him eventually. Stick fat. I'm not sure about Hollyhock. And that's going to be the hardest mm. one, I think. I, I'm truly terrified and excited for this second half. Because it could, yeah, fuck knows where it's going to go. It's interesting to see like what either side of that looks like. The Hollyhock is able to forgive him, or mm. Hollyhock isn't able to forgive him. And I, I think either side is going to be an interesting conversation. Um, it can all be valid. Like, yeah, I, I think so. Um, but yeah, no, I'm very interested to see exactly how it plays out. Mm. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. Do you have any side notes to mask? I only have a few. Mm-hmm. Um, I One of my favourite lines mm-hmm. was from Mr. Peanut Butter. Not good as the Busy Phillips one from last year, I think Fuck, it was. That is which is still, still the best. One of the best. Very good. But the best Mr. Peanut Butter-ism, yes. Yes. Um, anyway, when he... Tells Pickles that he cheated on Diane. This is like when everyone's hiding in the house party behind cheated them. Cheated on her with Diane. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, yes, sorry. Yes. Um, and he says, it was the worst mistake of my life. And I once played Twister with Brian Singer at Kevin Spacey's party <laughs> for Andy Dick's early parole. Fuck, that's funny. Which made me laugh. Yes. Oh, and then my only one was like everything Paige Sinclair says is hysterical. And that was it. Yeah. Uh, I want you to ask your opinion on... The Kelsey's pitch for Fire Flame mm-hmm. of this female superhero where, you know, the original pitch was, oh, she saves everybody and everybody loves her. And she's like, no, no, that doesn't make any sense. Because when women, women get power, people like them less yep. and they try and take it away from them. And that's what a real female superhero mm-hmm. uh, story should be. I was like, that is fucking Accurate. spot on. <laughs> and why doesn't that movie exist yet? Because that is 100% true. Yeah. Uh, um, sorry, I yes, just found on. another one. Um, it was yeah, what I was going to speak about when we were talking about Diane, but it was just the the line when Bojack asked her if she's go- actually going to take the antidepressants, um, and she was like, "Well, maybe," or you know, you just flip over the nothing and underneath there's more nothing. Then you flip over that nothing and there's more nothing underneath that. So you just keep flipping over nothings all your life because you keep thinking that under all that nothing there's got to be something. But all you find is nothing. And I found that very relatable. And then Bojack like, retorts, I flipped over this pizza box and there's a couch. couch. <laughs> but it's so like, that's the fear of like, that stops you for taking, from taking antidepressants. You're like, well, what if I do? And it's still all meaningless. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. Because then there's, there's not a whole lot of places to go after that. Okay. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go through a couple of things I found amusing or enjoyed along the way. You don't want to talk more about depression? All right, I don't, fine, go on. I don't have enough perspective on depression, I'll be okay. honest with you. You can keep talking about it. That's fine. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, I enjoyed the Van Gogh portrait in Bojack's room. Yes, that was good. one of the funny little animal jokes. Oh, what? yeah. The opening titles in general, Did you? we talked they reached back through the entire season. A lot of reasons for that. Obviously, Bojack is sort of dealing with mm-hmm. all of this as well. Mm-hmm. It's also the last season. It's a good way to just sort of celebrate or yeah. remember 
everything that came before before it. Loved. Ties back in the planetarium motif that we then see throughout the show. Throughout. The planetarium motif actually was extremely powerful. Every yes, time he looks was. into like a bottle Sarah of alcohol. Lynn. Oh, my God. Mm. And yeah, to go good. back to that moment as being mm. like, oh, boy. Anyway, um, I, mm. this is, again, there's a lot of dumb observations. The Sophie teething toy that every baby yeah. has is exactly the same in this world. <laughs> because why wouldn't it's it be? A yeah, very good. <laughs> Alison Brie recently has been very into camera guys in her uh, TV stance. Oh, she has. Yeah, there you go. That. I love Can I just say? Yes. I think, and I know it's weird, it's like a bull or whatever, but I think he's like very handsome. I actually agree 100%. I'm like, I totally get it, Diane. He's fucking hot. Yeah. I was like, I like the way he dresses. Yeah. He's like, there's I like a, his attitude. He's like he's strong. strong, but like soft as well. Yes. Totally that understood big, the attraction. Be- beautiful cow eyes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I got it. It made yeah. sense. Uh, Wawa, the baby human mascot. <laughs> Uh, your proud human heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, really, after seeing uh, Pickles had this in their house, I really want a boba tea maker in my own house. Mm-hmm, That's amazing. Enough. One of my favorite visual gags, and I know that Hannah Dallas, friend of the show, been a couple of times, who makes the Cups of Hollywood uh, Instagram account, would be very happy with this. The empty cup joke when they're doing the birthday dad scene and mm. she's waving the cup around. It's like, and I'm just going to take a sip from my coffee. And we're just like, <laughs> cut, great take, and move on. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking that was hilarious. Um, the Paul Feig joke when they're talking about like- Female directors? Yeah, female directors. Yeah. It's like, like what are you talking about? It's like, I don't know, whatever Paul Feig's making at the time. <laughs> there was a poster in the last episode as well for a superhero movie, Invisible Steer Clear. I did see that. Fuck, yeah. that is a great little pun. The Drinking Bird at an AA meeting <laughs> is inspired. Mm. Yeah. So good. But here's my favourite line. I'm going to try. But I also just love like, you know, the whole film noir. One, he had the perfect voice for it. Yes. But then like the dramatic sipping of a drink (laughs) of a coffee. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was very good. It all works. This is the best PC alliteration joke they've ever put in the show. I'm going to try and do this in one take. Mm. Wait, you're telling me your dumb drone down to tower and drown downtown Julie Brown's dummy drumming dum-dum-dum-dum, dowsing her newly found goose down hand-me-down gown? Yes, that's exactly right. I'll be right down. Fucking hell. That was an epic setup to get there was wonderful. Some might call it really heavy lifting. <laughs> really <Yeah>. heavy lifting. <laughs> no, it was... Uh, you've, they've earned that right. They have. They totally to do have. That. You're right. And I, that, it was like the first time I saw those that five is part, It's part of the fabric of the show. So, you know what they're doing. You're like, okay, all right. I'll let you have your fun, writers. Mm. And just to have the five of them, like, crossing over in a phone conversation. Like, how often do you get those five characters mm. together again? anymore barely ever happens yeah there's that one bit where they're all saying goodbye at the party it's like (laughs) the only other time they all interact together uh least favorite and favorite episodes damask what was your least favorite episode i went with episode six the kidney stays in the picture todd stuff i don't care i mean uh, that's all my notes on that todd stuff i don't care it it, yeah yeah i mean it's my least favorite episode too because it is todd stuff and, and he I even gets Diane care. into his stupid hijinks. I'm like, oh, you couldn't find another cool side story for Diane. She's got to <laughs> fucking deal with this shit anyway. And it just, it compared mm. to like, we did have like pretty central episodes for all the characters and his so, just doesn't compare. That episode does have a great line in it though. Yes. It's the newsreader. <laughs> Makes me laugh. <laughs> so it just cuts. Just the whale newsreader? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, and they even let the birthday boy pilot the plane. There were no survivors. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... 
made me laugh, but still. That See, even me. the worst episodes have amazing lines in it. But there you oh, go. there was still stuff, enjoyable stuff in there. Bojack mm. has lots of good stuff oh, in there. Oh, with Dr. Champ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all the Dr. Champ stuff is great in it. it it's is just true, that it's yeah. tainted by Todd. Favorite episode, Damascus? What was your favorite episode? It's really hard for me because, like, like, most episodes have something that I really fucking loved in it. Sure. Um, so. I don't. I've just chosen this one, but it could be many of them. Um, so I've just gone with episode seven, the face of depression. Um, I love having Diane and Bojack together. You know, she's dealing with her depression. He comes to say thank you for believing in him, which is beautiful. And then he tidies up her house, which yeah. I thought was so loving and so I, beautiful. That was a really like telling moment of where Bojack's at. Yeah, I like, love that too. Yeah, I thought it was wonderful. And like that next step of him, like really figuring out how to help people yeah um in a genuinely helpful way and then obviously he goes see holly hawk um yeah and i guess you can kind of like yeah that's him really what his life is before the crash i guess of what's about to come Mm. he's getting to that that step yeah yeah it's the He's where he needs a, to be to deal with what he needs to deal it's with. It's again the reverse story circle, right? It's like normally this is the point where people are at their darkest moment before they lift up into the light and it feels like we're reaching the pinnacle so mm. we can roll down the other side again. Mm. Very, very sad. Uh, that's a great episode. I could have given it to the last episode as well mm, just because it does such a good job of like getting us ready for the finale. However, I'm going to give it to episode four, Surprise, which is the Mr. Peanut Butter reveals oh, to Pickles that he cheated episode, as I wrote it down to remind myself. But the the setup of like the surprise wedding and then everyone having to hide and then having and then all the stuff with the social media that you're talking about is great. And then the conversation they have where they just rag on all their friends and family and they're all in the room at the same time is in spite, everyone's like shifting around and jumping over furniture to get away from and them. And Captain so- Peanut Butter in the frame. Yes. The frame, moving yes. with them. Yeah. Absolutely. And the, and uh, uh, Pickle's parents and like your dad's anger issues <laughs> are just like <laughs> seething on the other side of the thing. Um, and then just, and then as that goes on, most of the party guests leave apart from the goat who's the sober sponsor for, uh, for Bojack. The, as it moves upstairs, that, Energy continues, but with just our main characters, with Diane, with Prince mm-hmm. Carolyn, with Bojack. And it just like, this felt like a return to a form of Bojack we just don't get much anymore. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. since maybe... Early seasons. Season three. Yeah. Season four. Um, and it was cool to have one of those again. It felt real good. And it was a, it was like the only Mr. Peanut Butter episode. And again, I agree with you. They didn't do enough with him, but it was a good Mr. Peanut mm. Butter episode. It was a good and general episode. at that stage, you're like, oh, maybe they will. Yeah. And also, I love Princess Carolyn's green jumpsuit. Mm. Uh, predictions, hopes, or concerns? Well, I guess we've already spoken about predictions, really, haven't we? Have. we? Yeah. Um, yeah. What I've said earlier was my prediction is that um, so he's going to, I think, continue to deal with his addiction and work on himself, obviously. So he yeah, is in a better place. Um, like I said, I don't think the world will forgive him. Um, I think he'll have to be remembered for the terrible things he did because he's always desperately needed people's acceptance. He won't get it. The world will reject him, but he'll have to accept himself as will the people that love him. And they, I think they will. Is there any setup though? Last season, there was a whole episode about a terrible person who kept giving, getting given second chances, mm-hmm. particularly in the media. Mm. Uh, the guy they hired to be on Filbert or whatever it is, or mm. and like he just he was like the Mel Gibson sort of like type, 
and they ju- he just kept getting second chances even after saying racist things and beating up his wife. I can't remember what the scenarios were. Mm. Very Mel Gibson esque. Like there's a, there's a suggestion in the history of the show that Bojack can be forgiven. Mm. That they well, or at least his things can be forgotten and he can t- continue to get by in the world. Do you think that's important, or is that just a is that a red herring? Um, yeah, I'm not sure because I I do think things have while there are like Mel Gibsons in the world, mm. I think things have slightly changed a little bit. I think if what one Mel Gibson does not enjoy the success that he once did, and also if some of those things happen now, that would be it. You know what I mean? So I think like maybe the landscape has changed slightly. Um, so I think the idea of Bojack, these things coming out mm. and the world being like, it's fine, seems... not. It won't be an initial, it's fine. Yeah. But it can be one of those things that maybe swept under the rug, he gives an apology. Like this is all the stuff that was happening in that previous episode. And then mm. he goes on to get a forgivey. Like, yeah, I feel like we've already done that. I'm, we have already done it. Yeah. But like, what does that precedent suggest or set up for you? Just because I agree mm. with you, what's going to happen is what's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, I feel like the lessons there have already been learned sure. by Joe, by Joe Jack, by, by Joe Bo- Back, jo- Joe Back, <laughs> Joe Back. Yeah, yeah, by Bojack. Mm. Um, I think it's everything that we said. It's going to be the final test for Bojack. Is he resilient enough to come at the other side of this of being rejected by the world and still hold himself intact? Mm. What this, there is a lot of pressure, I think, on these last six episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, the last, we don't even know how many episodes, mm. last half of the season. Because whatever happens now really goes a long way to defining what the show is about. And that's not to say, like, that everything that's come before it is valueless just because it ends a certain way. But it does put a full stop on that sentence. And it's going to do a lot to, to, mm-hmm. to tell us what the overall message is. Is it one of hope or is it one... Not so much hope. And I am fascinated to find out. Mm. I think it's going to be somewhere in between. Yeah, I think it's going to be about hope, but not where you expect it to be. Yeah, I think so yeah. as well. I think it's exactly what it's going to be. And building your own hope, I think, as well. We yeah. don't have to wait that long. Just no. three months and mm-hmm. we can talk about this again. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you very much, listener, for tuning into this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo and design work comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, a.k.a. at Shawnee Boy Draws, and our theme song and bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club, Find links to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at bgordis, B-G-O-R-D-E-S, Damask. You can find me on Twitter at maskymoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. Next episode, we'll be back to discuss The Crown Season 1. We're getting ready uh, to watch The Crown Season 3, which comes out in the middle of November. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Good night, everybody. And so, we